Welcome to Success Is Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman, serial entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. Whether success for you is more money, time with your family, a healthy, well-balanced life, or freedom, I'm interviewing guests and getting you the advice to make it happen. So join me as we uncomplicate the complicated, help you define success, and give you the strategies to make it happen. Hello, and thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Success Is Podcast. Joining me today is Rhonda Parker-Taylor. Rhonda is an American writer, author, entrepreneur, and academic researcher. Thank you for joining us today, Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having, having me. And I can't wait to get into a nice, juicy discussion with you this this week. Absolutely. And I had a chance to read your book, uh, Crossroads. It's a suspense novel. It was amazing. Can't wait to uh, ask you some questions about it, talk a little bit about it. Uh, but before we get into that, the opening question of our podcast, what does success mean to you, Rhonda? Success means finding balance in every aspect of your life so you can experience true joy. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I think, um, at least for me, oftentimes we get focused on one thing, right? And we say, if I get to this, if I meet this marker, if I do this, if I achieve this, I'm going to be happy or I'm going to be successful, right? Exactly. Because we're, we're raised that achieving goals is happiness and it is, it brings you success and your, your aspirations are filled. But sometimes it's a little bit more simple, but it's harder to find the balance. You know, the, the simple things in life are, are really the ones that bring you joy. I agree with you hundred percent. So are you the type of author that when you start writing a book, you're fully dive into it, invested in it and unavailable for that time? Or are you able to flip back and forth between daily life duties and writing, that sort of thing? I think for me, I love I'd love to be able to dive all the way into it, but life isn't that way most of the time. If we all had a cabin somewhere and could get away from technology and all of those things, of course, that would be the easiest way to do it. So I try to um, just do it methodically. So let's say I'm developing a character. I use my science brain with that. And you're saying science for a character. How would you do that? Well, what I do is I do a soap note. When you go to the doctor, they measure you from head to toe. They ask you about your background with your in your family, what kind of history they have medically. You know, did they have any problems when they got older? And I, I just write that all down about the characters. And then I have that, you know. So then when, when I, if I get stuck or pulled away, I can always go back. Okay, Paris, what is her main core value? And, you know, or, or Dave, what is his main core value? What are his struggles? And then I can go back and, and it helps me kind of go toggle back and forth because as an academic researcher and entrepreneur, other people have um deadlines that they they need me to meet also so i i just have to go back and forth but hey i would love it if i could just take off for you know a month somewhere and and cuddle up with my computer or my laptop and a little bit of nature and that would be heaven for me yeah you you can honestly tell with your characters they're very relatable you know you can really understand and put yourselves in their shoes every one of them good and bad um but one thing that I, I really liked about your book is sometimes I'm reading something and there's something about the book that takes me out of it for a minute. 
you know, like maybe something isn't quite realistic or, um, you know, I, I, I can see that it's kind of a fantasy world. Yours, I never experienced that. And I got to think it's because of your academic researching background. Everything just seems so real, authentic, heavily researched. And is that what goes into your book? I, well, you know, first of all, thank you. That is a, a huge compliment. Um, and it means that, it, okay, it worked. You know, I, I, I am a storyteller, I think, before I am really an author. I come from storytellers. If you had met my grandfather, for instance, he grew up during the Depression years and he quit his job, which was in the military. And everybody told him, don't do it. You have, you know, kids you have to feed. And he, and he did it anyway. But he made, you know, a young woman once who lived during the Depression to find a job by the storytelling of how he created an envelope that looked official and there was only one job there and he didn't know how to weld and he ran to the front of the line. He says, I got my papers, I got my papers and the security let him in. And so as he's telling us as a young kid this and he gets in there and the guy says, well, tell me about your welding experience. He says, I have none. And he said, well, how did you get in? He said, and he told them, and they said, if you can do that, we can well, <laughs> then he got a job. So, and the fun thing about that is that changed the whole legacy of my family. They were Polish immigrants and my grandparents were, my dad was raised and he ended up working as an apprentice with, with um, his father. And then he opened, uh, opened up a steel manufacturing plant in a barn in Noblesville, Indiana. And now it's a large, manu I'll say mid-sized manufacturing company that does auto parts and everything else. So that one creativity started the whole life for his family. So I, I would say I'm a storyteller before I'm a writer. And I struggled academically in writing when I was growing up. So um, I think it's the storytelling. And then I like people. One of the reasons I struggled younger in academics is because I, I want to know everything about about people. I see the good in everyone, and even you know, I think you kind of probably see that in the the bad characters in Crossroads. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're that's what makes oh, them relatable, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, he's he just killed somebody, but he's you know, wait a minute, I kind of yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> my brother's friend or my son, you know, or whatever, you know? <laughs> and you know, so I think that that all plays a part in it. I, I want people to enjoy the ride. Yeah, absolutely. No, fantastic book. Couldn't put it down. Was up late. Uh, you know, my wife yelling at me to go to bed and I'm sitting there <laughs> with the reading light on, you know, reading through it. Um, and, uh, I, I loved it. It was an entertaining book. And, um, and, you know, you're a phenomenal writer, so I really appreciate the work you did. Thank um, you. So you talked about your family and and, uh, and and even in that story, I hear some of the entrepreneur spirit, you know, kind of come out in that, right? Like the problem yeah. solving, the, you know, making it happen, figuring out a way and you being an entrepreneur and an author, um, how would you advise inspiring, aspiring um, writers or authors um, to em embrace the dual nature of being an author as both the creative journey, but also the business venture. 
And that's the part that I think a lot of people miss out on. They're like, well, am I selling out or, you know, I don't want to do that part of the, how do you advise people on that? Well, I think that's in any business too, because especially if it has creativity, because I've talked to, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and when they, when, when there's a creative part of it, or even sometimes if they like one part of the business more than the other, they don't end up wanting to do the other. So if you don't have the money, first of all, to hire someone else to help you, you've, you've got to figure out the business aspect. Realize that there still is marketing. There still is sales. There still is operations. There still is customer service. There's still someone that has to answer emails. There is someone, someone that has to answer you know, the phone because it's not going to sell and you're not going to get your book into people's hands if you're not willing to either hire someone to do it or do it yourself. So you're going to have to, it's great to write the book. Don't get me wrong. I, I, that I thought was, you know, going to be the challenge of a lifetime, but really the hardest part is once you write it, how do you get it? And everybody says, you only have so many friends and family. Yes. They're going to buy it because they like you. That's great. And if that's what I, I can't, I'll never forget. My husband looked me in the face and said, are you looking for a pat on the back? Are you looking to sell books? And I looked at him, I said, well, I'm enjoying that good review, you know, yeah. And he, but that's only one review. Yeah. And it's all about your, you know, that effort you put into it. And if you don't put the effort in, have you talked to the bookstores? Have you talked to, you know, um, not only the big block bookstores, but the independent bookstores? Have you talked to other authors? Are you networking with them? All of those things are the same things you have to do in any business. And you have to find creative ways of continually putting it in front of um, the audience. A good example is when I started my business, I didn't have any money you know, not any money per se to, to do any real marketing. But back then Craigslist had really started and everybody was into Craigslist. But guess what? There were still pay phones around too. And you could only have one marketing ad on Craigslist per category per phone you had. Well, I knew there was phone booths around. <laughs> I went to all the phone booths and got them in all the majors for, you know, business plans and everything and, and, you know, academic research. And I put an ad in every major city. Wow. And I, it goes back to what, I, what was modeled to me. Absolutely. Go to the line and make your case. And so I went and, and, and I, and you have to have that as an author, you better find, at least 300 different ways of marketing yourself. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, because the, the leads dry up. Okay, let's say you join one writing group or one off, you know, the reader's group. Well, they're only going to, you know, you can only produce a book maybe every six months to a year and get it out there. So there, there's only, even if there's 100K followers in that group, how many of them are going to be interested in your book? Let's say it's 10%. Well, Okay, is that going to be enough to eat? And I like to eat. I don't know about you, but I <laughs> and I like to go to restaurants. I mean, I like to cook too, but you know, you gotta you gotta be able to. And you know, I like to pay my bills too. So you have to find different ways 
to market yourself, whether you're an author or whether you're an entrepreneur. Don't sit back and say, oh, I'm not good at it. Become good at it. Figure it out, right? Absolutely. Or hire someone that's good at it. And I did do that. I did hire. Um, so the publisher I went with is Seacoast Mindster. And um, they are known for pulling your plan together. So they help you with the publishing and they'll do the editing for you. But it's kind of a blended matrix between self-publishing and real pub and, and where you query it. Traditionally, and, yeah. And they help you with the marketing and they help you understand where things are. And I got blessed because with me picking them to help me and learn the business, they said, you know, you need to write a letter and I and get an influencer, someone that knows about, you know, your category of books. And I was like, okay. And the first thing that came to mind is, okay, you know, maybe Tori Spelling or because it's a suspense, you know, and they're like, no, no, that's not who you need. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's not, how could you get any better than that? And they said, you need to write a letter to Meryl Hemingway. And I said, Meryl, what, why would she care about my book? And they said, because this is what she's all about, life balance. You know, we haven't talked about Crossroads being a, it's a suspense um, mystery book, but at the same time, it's also about the main characters and they're all out of balance and they, they, they have no yeah. life balance in their lives. That's why people relate to them. They're being yanked and turned by the events of the day and rather than having control of it. And, she, and that's what she's all about. She's about mental health and life balance and then she's had tragedy in her life yeah so i i sat down and pinned the letter and they delivered it to her and she ended up endorsing it so if any of your fans go out there and want to um to um look at the trailer uh, the trailer and the um, endorsement she did a 90 second youtube video on it that's amazing that's incredible yeah, you know, I, you bring that up. I, I there was that theme in there, and that's probably why I could, re, being an entrepreneur, relate to your characters. Is uh, they were completely out of balance, and I feel like we've all been at that you know point in our life where you know we we didn't have balance. And um, and your 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 theme for this uh, podcast was the successes around uh, balance really came through um, in that that you know that book. Um, so, you know, question I would ask is, you know, writing an entrepreneurship um, requires resilience in the face of rejection and failure. Mm -hmm. How do you nurture your resilience and stay motivated in, in face of that? Well, first of all, my life has been an up and down of highs and lows. So you do have to find ways of getting a storage unit before life does hit. It's going to hit eventually. Um, it could be a death in the family. It could be a sick one. It could be, you know, a dog that's not doing well. It could be an accident. It doesn't matter. There's going to be some kind of life adversity that's going to come up in your life. So if you um, store energy by practicing daily, finding one 
item. It can be going out and getting some sun because it's a beautiful day and getting some vitamin D, taking a walk, looking at some, um, I, I live on three acres, so I, I tend to watch the nature that wants to come through our, our property. It could be deer, it could be a, um, a possum. They're the ugliest creatures, but they do the most for our environment. So you can't, you know, you don't want to dislike them, um, you know, or, or a raccoon or our, my dogs taking them out. Um, just finding one thing, it could be a moment with your loved one. You know, sometimes it's just that, Hey, get, give someone a hug, call, call someone that you haven't talked to all week. Um, you have to find something that brings you joy. I found when I was completely out of balance, I thought I was in balance that I was dedicating too much time to things that didn't bring happiness. TV. I like a show here and there. I'm not, I'm not downgrading TV, but I was watching, especially during the pandemic. I watched it way too many. Yeah. At too many shows. And I found that I was just kind of low, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm like, okay, I need to get my body moving. And I, and I was ordering DoorDash too often and, um, it, you know, it'd come burnt or late or, you know, something sometimes perfect. And, you know, it was just dissatisfying because it was the same. And so I had to say, wait a minute, you love cooking. You love nutrition. You love these things, but you're not doing them. So I have a practice and I have a, a life balance book that will be coming out in November. Um, that's basically a workbook. It makes you set not only just set the goals, which we've said achieving goals is wonderful, but it makes you identify what brings you full fulfillment. Hmm. And it's it's basically takes a kind of the same approach as writing goals, a smart goal, um, with just specific, measurable, you know, and all of these things actionable. Um, but it's doing it from a perspective of what really brings you fulfillment. So it makes you say, what are you doing now? What worked? What didn't work? Go on to what's going to work in the future. And it does it in all your um, major areas of life, your career, your um, your um, home time, your alone time, your spouse time, et cetera. Yeah, no, absolutely. A, a lot of us found that, especially during the pandemic, I was the same way. I, I had the ability to just stay home. We were there with the wife and kids. And in the beginning, it was fantastic, right? Like uh, having everyone together and, and, and great memories of, of being in the house. But yeah, it was easy to slip into that you know, almost a depression type mode where you're not going out, you're not doing anything. And, um, you know, I, th I would think that especially on the, the, the fictional side of writing or the creative side of writing, you need to do those like new experiences and things like that to, to generate, um, you know, the creativity. Are there things that you do to kind of jar yourself or put yourself in a new position or new place that I think parts from that creativity? Yes, I think that, you know, that's where the research really helps. I'll read, I'll listen to music. Um, so let's say, for instance, I, I'm doing a um, tragic scene or something. I will I, I will listen to 911 calls, you oh know. Oh, gosh. I will watch, you know, what in different ways of just sparring that brain of what happens. And then, like I said, life is up and down too. So some of those things you've experienced, you mm -hmm. know, um, 
you know, when I was a good examples in, in Crossroads chapter one, I knew what I wanted, wanted to happen. And everybody, and I went to all the conferences, the first chapter has to be one that just hooks them in traumatic and this i'm like okay well then it has to be a dead body dropped yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's more tragic than that but where, right. am I gonna, <laughs> where is the body going to be dropped and um i was driving from downtown indianapolis to the west side and there was this road that kind of circled around and it was really um eerie and i was like okay now i know where the dead body is yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> So the inspiration came from knowing what needed to happen. And here again, if you're a new writer out there, it's very important. Know your genre. You need to go into bookstores, feel them, smell them, see how many pages the in the average length. Because if you're writing poems, that's very different than it is to write a suspense novel. Mm -hmm. If you're love story it's you know there's a, a typical pattern yes you can recreate that pattern a little bit you know to, to be new and fresh but you need to know what's selling what are people expecting if not you're creating a genre that's maybe not out there and it might limit what you're able to market to because we're creatures of habit and you know, the Alfred Hitchcocks out there in the world that started, you know, the um, the genre of suspense, they're the ones that set the pace for us. The, you know, the headless horsemen's, the, you know, even if it's a short story there, you know, there's still a certain rhythm for, for suspense that people want. They want you to surprise them. They want you to have hooks here and there and you know, think of the game Clue when they, if you've ever played that or if you go into one of the the, the uh, new restaurant slash entertainment centers where you're learning, you know, what is it called? The mystery room or whatever. Uh, you know, you're you get you. They want clues to see if they can figure it out. So it's very different for different genres. Now, in Crossroads, there's a love story. I love love stories, you know, but. I think my personality is more geared towards the suspense. So there's a little bit of both. Yeah, there was love, but it wasn't overwhelming. You know what uh, I mean? So for a guy like me to read it, I wasn't like, oh my God, overwhelmed by this love story. It wasn't. <laughs> it was It was in there. It was part of it, but it was very tastefully done. So right. uh, it's, I wanted it to be like what we would experience in day to day. When you go to lunch at a food court, Sometimes you may be drawn to some somebody or if you go if you're in the office and you're bantering with people, you, sometimes there's a spark there. So I wanted the characters to have spark between same thing with the police officers. I rode with the police officers here in Indiana because I wanted to get a feel for what it was like i didn't get to see a murder scene but what i did get to see is their banter when they were in a bad crash when they were this how do they get through it absolutely so going back to the balance discussion um any piece of advice that you'd give to someone like you trying to balance life and a multifaceted career what what kind of advice would you give somebody trying to find that balance in their life? I think for me, one, hopefully you have someone in your life that tells you, hey, wait a minute, stop. 
no, this is what, you know, you, you've got to take more time for yourself. Go soak your feet, you know, go, you know, go get your hair done, you know, go do what the things to take care of yourself. So surround yourself with people that tell you, Hey, wait a minute, stop. Um, the second thing that I would say is identify those things that bring you joy and um, make sure that you're spending those that time with that. And then the third thing that I would say is find your purpose. Because even if you're balanced and you haven't done that and you've done all those other things, if you don't know what your God given purpose is, it's very difficult for you to find balance because you're, you know, you're at the whims of everything. I love helping people. I love people. I like developing them. I like for them to see that, hey, maybe I couldn't do it yesterday, but I can do it today. So that tends to be where I, where I need to focus, but guess what? I don't do enough of it because I'm an entrepreneur. I've got this, I've got clients, I've got, you know, I got to write, you know, I want to do a podcast to make sure people hear about my book. You know, so you have to find those ways and then say, okay, at this time, this stops and this starts, get what you need to get done for this and set those deadlines. Same thing with water or, you know, hydration. You're not going to drink eight glasses of water or bottles of water, however you do it, if you don't set the time to, to do it. If you don't say to the, all right, time to drink the water, time to drink the water. Because if you, because nature is, you're going to just pick what's quickest, easiest, fastest. Yeah. You know, and so experiencing the sense of purpose gives you a direction. And for me, you know, I've lost a lot of people in my life. Um, yesterday was a big day in my family. And this is, you know, a, maybe a little off topic, but it's on topic because it's how you find balance in it. You know, September 19th, for some reason, everybody that I love seems to depart this world on September 19th. I don't know why. Bizarre. Maybe, maybe I need to write a book that 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 the ghost of September. For 19th or something September 19th and that's it yeah because yeah. my mom passed of cancer on September 19th 2005 my adopted son um was at work on September 19th 2009 and a gunman came in and shot the oh security um on September 19th of 2020 my father was on his deathbed and they, you know, it was a matter of questioning, you know, when's the time? And we were talking to him. He said, you, you realize that this is when D'Angelo and when um, mom passed. And he said, no, let them have their day. Do it on right after. And so his is September 20th. And then my uncle passed away on September 19th. So it's like one of these days i maybe it's the you know the the passing of of my family and you know there's a lot of different things that people say and if you find the joy even in, in adversity then guess what you're ahead of the game because it could be change that's on the ground it could be that you've picked up and find some joy in during that it could be a bird it can be an you know something unusual um, it could be some laughter 
that happens in those moments and you're building up a reserve and you're bonding with the people around you during that time. And I think that that brings more of a sense of inner peace than you could ever find in materialistic things. I love materialistic things. You know, they say diamonds are a girl's best friend, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, here you go. But um, really it's more important to talk to my sister Mm -hmm. on relationships and yes, than than the other. So um, contributing to personal and collective growth um, in my personal life gives me that balance. Absolutely. Well, Rhonda, I want to thank you so much for this interview today and, uh, and writing this great book crossroads by Rhonda Parker Taylor. Uh, but Rhonda, for everyone that wants to follow what you have going on out there, how do they get in touch with you? How do they, follow you and, and what you have going on. Sure. Um, I'm trying to make it very easy for um, those that want to. Everything's under Rhonda Parker Taylor. Rhonda's with an H. So it's RhondaParkerTaylor.com. Um, if you go to Facebook, um, Instagram, and um, LinkedIn, uh, what else? What other ones are out there? YouTube. They're all under Rhonda Parker Taylor. I try to make it easy. Um, just remember that Rhonda's with an H. Thank you so much for today. And Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Success Is podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody.